Welcome to the I Am Enough podcast. I'm your host, Alisa Eresina, and I invite you on a journey of remembering who we really are. Human, perfectly imperfect, powerful, and always interconnected. One Earth, one humanity, and one love. You are enough. Always were and always will be. So shall we play? And we are live, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic episode of I Am Enough podcast. And today, as always, we have another fantastic guest on the show, Pooja. And in the beginning, as you know, as probably if you're listening to this podcast more often, I love to share in the beginning, like how were the sweet moments of interactions? How did we meet? Why did I feel the call to invite this guest on the show? And um, I think we met the very first time, um, maybe last year, when I was scouting speakers for a conference for a community called The Female Factor, where we're both mentors um, at and I remember we were meeting at this small cafe place and um, chatting about the workshop on introduction to growth marketing and so on. So that was the first interaction that I remembered. And only then I actually realized that you are good friends of another friend of mine or a common friend, Madis, who also was in the show. And yeah, since then I popped up, um, you popped up basically in more different places. And when I asked um, who would... Madis probably recommends to invite to the show. She definitely shouted out your name loud and clear. So here we are. And um, that gives us a beautiful opportunity to get to know each other. And I'm very much looking forward to this talk because we had some brief moments already where we met at other occasions. So it's a pleasure to have you here. And for those um, who are have not yet looked at her LinkedIn profile or the description. So just a brief introduction. Pooja is a chief marketing officer, very fancy CMO at the Venture. You're also a lecturer at an university here in Austria. And basically um, you are a pro in growth marketing, performance and content marketing. You're a mentor to different communities and have fantastic master degree from the um, how's it called? London School of Economics. Hmm. So quite quite a profile. And um, as I figured out, you are also enjoying to um, play drums. Not very well, but you are doing that as you shared with me the last time. <laughs> so that's uh, uh, we uh, uh, different characters in 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 Pooja. And I would love to give you just the the, the grounds to. Um, Mm, yeah share who you are beyond your cv also with the first question that i ask anywhere everyone here in the podcast and it goes as follows what is your bullshit story of not being enough that you told yourself or even tell yourself right now so welcome to the show puja thank you thank you Alisa, for having me uh it's a pleasure I'm really looking forward to this talk and also thanks to Madis if you're listening for the recommendation um, my bullshit story of not being enough, I think it's not one story, there's more than one. Um, but if I reflect on that, I think a lot of times, I think at an earlier stage of my career, or even as a student, I think I would just assume that whatever I wanted, I wouldn't be able to get it. So that was just something that I thought was kind of... Um, 
the chances were higher for something to not happen for me than to happen. Uh, and that really wasn't true. So every time I applied for a course, so I had this dream to study in London. And when I applied to do my bachelor's there, I just thought I wouldn't get in, but I would apply anyway. And I had plan B and C ready. I did get in. Then I um, wanted to go to a better university for a master's degree. I applied thinking I wouldn't get in, but I did. And this kind of continued. So I, I realized there was a pattern here that I would just assume that something wouldn't happen and then it would. So at some point, I think I was around 26 or 27 in life, but I realized, okay, I just have to believe myself a bit more and assume that good things can happen as long as I really go for it. Um, and then still have plan B and C ready, but not assume that those would be, you know, my go-to options. So I think there were a lot of these moments and it still happens today. Um, but I tried to remind myself of those moments every time I thought something would happen and it did to kind of give myself a boost and um, the confidence to really go ahead and just, you know, be optimistic about myself as well and just, um, yeah, see what happens. Mm. So, I yeah. can relate to that and maybe some of the listeners can relate to that as well um why do you think this kind of pattern evolved which is super interesting that whatever you desire you don't get even though life was showing you otherwise but do you remember maybe even like how it emerged or why were you having this uh, simply belief system about what you deserve or don't deserve i think because the options that i was looking into were not super common in the kind of society or circle I was in. So starting from, for example, the desire to study abroad at the age of uh, 17, that's when I actually did my um, A-levels. It wasn't very common for a 17 year old girl from Salzburg to, you know, with full confidence say, I'm, I'm actually moving to London next year to study. It wasn't something that um, people would assume would uh, actually happen, you know? It, would, it sounded more like a, a desire or a wish, but um, even I thought it's going to be really hard to go into university, like, you know, with, um, uh, I'll be in competition with all these native English speaking people there. Um, so all these thoughts kept coming in and my grades weren't the best. I was an average student in school. I wasn't bad, but I hadn't, I didn't have the best grades either. So that was just enough for me to think I wouldn't get in. And um, so all these like things, you know, you come up with at every stage. Um, yeah, they were the reasons I thought. Uh, things wouldn't work out and I think the moment I realized that I really needed to just think differently is after recognizing the pattern and recognizing the fact that a lot of things actually happened the way I wanted them to happen and then just really uh, it was a moment of reflection really where I, I realized that and and things changed for me after that as well um, because my attitude changed a little bit so I, I kind of started having the attitude of, no, actually, I can do this. If I want this, I'm just going to go for it. Even if it didn't happen, it's, I'm not seeing everything I wanted, you know, <laughs> worked out super easily. A lot of things didn't happen, but my attitude was different. Um, so that was, that was a beautiful moment, I think, for myself. Uh, may I dive a bit deeper into what you said, because I find it very interesting. Like you said, the moment of reflection where you realize this pattern. So can you picture me? Um, how did it look? Was it like a reflection by yourself? Is it that you had some, let's say, beautiful mirrors in your life of other people who were pointing you at this? So you had no other way than to, to sit down and to look at it? Or what made you um, change this? Because yeah, it doesn't, doesn't always like comes that easy that we know patterns and yet don't take the ownership of looking at them or changing them. 
Mm, it's a good question. <laughs> I think um, I had a lot of support from my family always. So I wouldn't say that their influence uh, encouraged me to think otherwise because they were supportive from day one. Um, they believed in me and supported me uh, at times when I didn't. Um, I think it was really about the relationship I had with myself that changed. I can't, I can't point out one specific moment that this happened, but um, I was really happy when I went to the London School of Economics and Political Science because that was really one of, um, one of my dreams as well, to get into that university. And I really didn't think I would get in. Um, but when that happened, I thought, okay, cool. So I actually am going to this university. And then, and then starting from, from the phase after that, so every job that I applied to, um, I kind of went in with that uh, thought as well. And I think at some point I, I looked back and I realized, okay, all these things actually did happen. And now I just need to be, you know, I need to like uh, change the way I think. So it's not really one moment, it's a series series of things that happened. Um, and I think meditation helps me as well to reflect in general. I mean, I used to meditate before that as well, um, but even the way you meditate and the phase you are in life um, and your relationship with meditation keeps evolving and changing. So I think that played a big part. I think if I, if I didn't meditate, I wouldn't reflect so much in general. Um, mm. I think it was just one of those phases in life. <laughs> Where there was beautiful reflection yeah um if someone's listening and feels kind of a reflection uh, or how to say a resonance there so like being in a situation where you continuously doubt yourself no matter if you're applying for a new job uh, promotion or chasing any dream that you have um do you have any tips what a person can do in order to change their attitude or in change to change the positive outlook yeah, I mean, just question yourself why you think you can't do something. What is it, you know, that's so de so deeply rooted in so many of us, um, so many women mainly, <laughs> that makes you feel like you can't do something? What is that? Is it is it really your surrounding? Is it the circle you're in? Is it the family? Um, or is it really about you? And And I think a lot of times the answer is that it's not about you or what you're capable of doing. It's more about what others expect of you or don't expect of you. So these, this can be teachers, it can be friends, it can be anyone really. Um, so I think a lot of the, that influence comes from the outside and it's not really about what you truly you when you reflect on, on, on yourself. So maybe take some time to build a relationship with yourself and, and ask yourself that question. Mm, super important um the re what relationship we're having with yourself i love that now you're a woman in a, a quite nice leadership role and um, i would love to pinpoint something what you said before is that many women underestimate themselves or feel that they're not enough of chasing um, something bigger what is your experience um being uh, in, in a leadership role like um what's what's your perception of the environment of yourself does it change um what do you see and observe in terms of what changed for myself after i got the leadership position oh we or can take it anywhere you like uh, individually from from well, i love the open question so would love just to soak a bit more of your wisdom here hmm. what changes when you have a leadership position um I think 
you just instantly when you do um, accept a role like that feel that you can also have a impact on, on other women who are trying to kind of grow in their role. Um, in my case, for example, I grew in the marketing role within the last few years, but I have a completely different background. Well, not completely different, it's still a business background, but I was doing project management in the music industry for five years before joining the Ventry. Um, so I think the fact that now, now being the CMO at the Ventry, um, I feel like I can, I can share some insights about marketing, but also how to just um, kind of change a career, but then also grow in, in a new role and really take the new role on as a challenge and try to explore different areas and explore how far you can take it and you know like what your potential is um, and how far you can go with that specific role so this whole like uh, notion of exploration with with a position um, and inspiring others to also dare to to make a shift and to think kind of big and think about the next step for themselves as well Mm. What made you change your career? And like, as I said, like you were in the music industry for some time. So how did you end up in the growth marketing world? Like what made you, um, did it just happen? Or like, did you had a specific vision? Um, so I knew that I, I needed to change something in my career. Um, and I wanted to work in a field that was more data driven. Um, and I wanted to kind of get more into tech as well. And then I was explaining it to a friend. So all these things that I wanted to kind of um, have in my new role. And my friend actually said, okay, it sounds like you want to be a growth hacker. <laughs> and I, heard, I had heard the term growth hacking before, but I wasn't really aware what it was. So I thought it was way more technical than it actually is. So I thought I had to be able to code, which is not entirely true. It does help, but you don't have to be a developer in order to do growth hacking. Um, but maybe it, for for those who have actually no fucking clue what that means, yeah. uh, what is growth marketing or what is growth hacking? So it's basically having a data-driven approach to marketing, to making sure that you don't assume you know what's best. You are very hypothesis-driven, so you experiment a lot, and then based on those experiments, you decide in which direction you want to take your marketing strategy. So everything you do is kind of based on real data and it kind of opens up a lot of options for you because you can explore a lot and you can try different things. And if you see something doesn't seem to work, you don't waste any budgets on it. You just kind of um, kick that out, that task, and then focus on other ideas. So I was doing project management before that. So I was managing a lot of different um, projects and ideas of other people. And I was um, sitting a lot of times in meetings, wondering if a campaign that we did went well or not without having clear answers. So I was really craving that to learn about um, how to really measure whatever you're doing and how to see if there's uh, any impact on the initiatives that you have. Um, so yeah, I, I learned about growth hacking and then very soon after I um, applied for this role at the Ventry and then things started flowing and yeah, it, it happened quite fast, all of it. Uh, and I really felt like it was meant to be in that moment. So I didn't really think too much about it. It was um, 
yeah, it, I think it, it happened within a few weeks that I knew that this was what I really wanted to do because I could combine creativity and being data-driven and analytics, tech. So everything I was kind of craving put together into one role and one company. One package, exactly what you wanted. You just didn't know what it was uh, yeah, or exactly. maybe the role was not emerged. Yeah. That's interesting. That makes me actually think um, because we have the kind of this estimation that many new jobs in the future are not invented yet because we're continuously like changing our environment our economics our business world is changing so many jobs are not even existing yet so uh, because i think like a couple of years ago the term growth marketing growth hacking was not very popular or we don't even know what it was now it pops up here and there there was already kind of more tangible so it gives me a feeling for those who still not yet know what they like, but can really extract, as you beautifully said, data-driven creativity here, something there. Maybe we can create our own jobs and profiles or see something else, Absolutely. Uh, what will fit. That's really great. Um, do you have your uh, um, love for measuring your outcomes also in other areas of your life? <laughs> hmm, uh, I would say yes. I think maybe not outcomes as much, but I think this uh, idea of being open to testing things without overthinking, kind of just going for it and then deciding based on what just happened. So I think that is kind of something I apply in my real life after entering the world of growth hacking. So, so basically the, being hypothesis driven is something that actually everyone at the Venture uh, learns very quickly when they when they come to the company because that's that's how everyone works. So that's how the developers work, that's how the innovation managers work, and the growth marketeers. So very experiment based and not being afraid of failure, just test, testing things and seeing where it takes you. That mm. would say that in my personal life, I'm also open to testing things and seeing where they take me. Any anything specifically in mind when was the last time you made a private hypothesis on something or testing things? I because I'm asking I'm uh, I love that as well I love self experimentation I have even like a logbook where I write down all the different features especially if it comes to meditation or yoga like um, to what music I'm listening uh, what are the ingredients of the whole ceremonial space so I love that and I'm just like very curious to hear and to get to know people who are also do, having this kind of approach to their life as well. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't say that I'm A-B testing every move that I do. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but I think the idea of testing new things, doing like um, little seminars on topics that I find interesting or um, when I wanna, if I want to buy something, just having, having the uh, certainty in mind that I can return it, you know, like all these little things. But just knowing that um, if just because you have to take a decision doesn't mean it's forever. You can always change it. Um, you can always kind of take a step back if you're not happy with what, whatever, whatever you have. Um, this might be a course you do on the weekend. Um, it could be the way you've put your, uh, I don't know, apartment together, the way you've decorated it. It's small things like that. So, yeah, I think. I, I love that. Um, yeah. I have I have the saying that I really love to use that you're not a tree you can move it's exactly what you just said kind of underlines it that you are allowed to change your career path 
as you beautifully put it, if you don't like it in a certain way. And I think anyway, in this kind of um, life, it's not that you have one profession for the next 50 years. Maybe in after in five years, uh, growth marketing will bore you and you will find out something more which will, will can be can be uh, done. Uh, or for anyone who's listening, like spend, you're, you're not going to do the whole same thing over and over again. So yeah, there's always a possibility to change the direction of your personal professional life if it's not aligned to what you like. I think, I think that's a really big realization that you can change things and things are not forever. Either way, even if you think it's forever, you know, circum circumstances can always change. So just to be agile in life, <laughs> using another uh, using another business term for, from the venture, from our daily business. Um, so we try to be agile as well. And actually, that's really something that helps you in real life as well, to just um, see what happens when you do something. And if it didn't work out the way, you can always move and react and just be open to that moment when you know something will happen, you will be able to cope with it. Just like I think to have that belief in yourself, to not worry about something that can happen in the future, but rather knowing that in whatever happens in the future, in that moment, you will know what to do and you will, you know, take make the right move and if it doesn't work out the way you want it you can always kind of uh, change direction again it's like future puja is dealing then uh with um with finding a solution and not the one exactly. who is right now beautiful yeah. one thing which is very much connected to this um mental or emotional agility or resilience however we like to call, call it is our relationship to failure somehow. And you mentioned it already a couple of times in the talk. Um, what is your relationship to failure? And um, how can we strengthen maybe the trust that uh, it's part of the process so that we can fail more often? What tips do you have there and what reflections? I think um, when it comes to failure, again, here, we worry more about what other people would say or think about us, right? It's, it's very rarely um, that you are scared of trying something because you would be disappointed in yourself. It's more about disappointing others and not fulfilling expectations. Um, and I, again, here, I think you have to prioritize yourself a bit more and and tell yourself okay i want to try this and if if it doesn't work out okay fine it'll be a failure but i'll still have a lot of learnings that i can take away from this and i'm not going to worry too much about what other people have to say about this so that really shouldn't stop you from trying something um the fear of of disappointing others and not being good enough to others it's really about um you being okay with things not working out the way you planned because you know you can deal with it <laughs> So I think um, also for me, that helped me a few times when I had to take tough decisions to know that um, in the end of the day, I think I'll be okay with, with this not working out or this not, um, you know, meeting expectations. I w would really love to, to even dive a bit deeper into that because I find it very interesting. And how can we, or how did you develop um, your ability to really know that you can deal with anything around you. So if even though you're going to fail, that it's going to be okay. And that if you don't like it, you can move. Um, how 
can how did you do that or how did was it always natural or how did you work up to this level of um, agility if we're using again the buzzwords yeah <laughs> i think it came from my um early experiences in my career that shaped me a lot i was thrown into the cold water a couple of times um i would say between like 20 to 25 when i had my first few jobs I, I applied to give you one example. I applied to be an intern for a department at a really big company. Um, I got another role and was promoted to be a project manager within two months after the internship where I had to handle a bunch of um, really senior people. And that was really, really tough for me. Uh, and, and at the beginning, I really, I really didn't believe that, you know, things um, would actually work uh, long term. And I, I slowly started to really um, see how people were changing their attitudes when I changed my attitude. So from being really, you know, this, this intern who was really insecure and not, not, not comfortable in that role to then owning it a bit more, to then um, taking the extra time on the weekend to do more research or to spend more time to like further educate myself, um, coming back and having, having better solutions, having more confidence. So all of that, um, and I was with that company for two years. So out of that, I think gave me a real boost once I, I changed um, companies to look back and know, okay, if I managed to handle 20 engineers within um, you know, a couple of months uh, in a meeting where I was way younger and less experienced and not from a technical background, there's very few other situations that would be that tough or where I would feel like I can't handle it. Because for me, that was really tough and, and I came out of it stronger and it, it was fine in the end. The first few months were really tough. But the management at that point believed in me and they put, like, just kind of pushed me to do this and they threw me in the cold water and, and something good came out of it, at least for me. <laughs> and, I, and I think for the company as well, because they at that point, which I found out later, actually wanted some, someone who could do the translation from really technical to something that the client would understand so they on purpose wanted to have someone who didn't who didn't have a technical background to do that translation so they knew what they were doing um and it did work out okay because they're also um fine and happy uh, it was just for me to to see that you just have to believe that if someone took the decision to hire you in that case they probably have a plan um and if you're not uh you know if, if you're not being thrown out after two weeks you're probably doing something right as well That's so a good point. That, was, that was a good moment uh and that really helped me for my future mm. future uh stages in life in my career so um i sum up what i heard for me is collecting experiences where you are in the cold water and i can relate to that because many of my especially in the younger years experiences where I felt I'm in cold water and had to learn fast and grow fast. I specifically remember when you're speaking about this one project team that I had to manage one um, project, which was a career event for a couple of days where we merged two different organizations with two different organizational cultures. So one from a law aspect, one from a business aspect. And I knew people are way older than me, way more experienced than me as a project lead. And as you said, I prepared, I researched the fuck out of everything. I talked to mentors. I really wanted to get as much as possible information like or knowledge before we get started or in the process. 
So I'm really grateful also for this cold, cold water experiences that help us to develop this kind of uh, resilience. Um, I would be really interested, what do you think is kind of, um, maybe you had even experiences where you put yourself into cold water, if we're using this analogy, where you couldn't swim anymore. So where's the, where's the line, the sweet line between a potential for growth mm -hmm. and overwhelm? So how would you define this line for, for you? And how can you as a person just pay attention to that? I think if I could talk to, to myself when I was 20, so the 20-year-old Puja now, <laughs> I would say react faster and talk to other people about it. Talk to your boss about it. Talk to your management about it. I mean, you obviously have to find the fine line between, oh, I want to, you know, show that I'm putting an effort and I'm ambitious and I'm trying my best to then feeling really overwhelmed and seeing there's some, some problem, the way things have been set up. And I think if I could go back, I would seek more conversations with senior people, more open conversations and not let my fear of coming across as too junior stop me from finding that seeking because I think that would have solved a lot of problems um, and I think that would have also been a sign of uh, confidence you know to just be out there and say hey this is really not working out for me because ABC is not right how do we solve it and I think that's something I learned after at that age I, I think I was not comfortable enough to point out the issues um, so I a conversation is really something uh, that you should always seek if you feel you're overwhelmed. There's no, no one is gonna, you know, like think less of you because you, you admit that you're overwhelmed when it's clear that you are. I love that. A very, very important and good points also to increase the communication because at least from my personal experience and perspective, like long time ago, I felt like I always need to deal with the challenges myself instead of just opening up to others and seeing that people are actually open to help, to understand and have, um, ha yeah, just have an open ear and heart to really understand everyone is trying to, to make the best out of anything. At least this is what I choose to believe. Um, to. Um, speaking of challenges, what was the, um, probably maybe biggest challenge that you had in terms of, um, your career path so I would really love to know because you seem like you are getting shit done like you know throwing the cold water swimming perfectly uh, getting from one thing to another but I know we're human but I would really love to know like what were maybe like your top challenge that comes to your mind that you overcame and what were the learnings out of that I think it's exactly what I had mentioned before that that moment when I was told that I was now going to be the project manager from just being an intern for two months and managing different teams, not just one team, it was a couple of different teams. And I was the first um, point of contact for two different clients who were sitting in two different countries <laughs> and me managing the internal team. So that was the biggest challenge till now for me because it was my first real job and it was a very complex position because I was managing different teams in different countries, different um, backgrounds. So, so it was developers, it was people from operations um, and then also business development. 
So that was definitely, I think, the biggest challenge. But I think every job I took at the, the beginning phase is always challenging. Like even at the Ventry, when I started to um, work as a growth hacker, I didn't know most of the tools that I had to work with. I learned a lot of these things on the job in the first few weeks um, with support of, of, of my colleagues, of course, but also by doing a lot of online tutorials, reading a lot. Um, so again, I, I it felt like I was, you know, at the very start of my career again, even though I had already worked for a couple of years before that, because it was a shift and I navigated the, my career. Um, but it was really exciting. So it was it was a challenge, but it was exciting because I was seeking that um, in my role before. So I knew that it was going to be a challenge when I accepted it. So it was a bit, a bit different. The feeling was a bit different because it was challenging, but I was ready for the challenge and I was enjoying it a bit more. Whereas with uh, my first job, it was a challenge. And of course I was learning a lot, but I was really overwhelmed as well. <laughs> and there was a lot of fear. So the fear wasn't there anymore. And I think the fear goes away with, with time and age and experience, I, I would say. Um, the more you, you change and the more you see, I think the more comfortable you get with the thought of learning new things. So that's something I knew I can learn new things. And back then I thought I had to know everything. So that's a, that's the difference here. And um, then last year when I was promoted to be the CMO, I felt a lot of new challenges coming in because now all of a sudden from doing growth hacking for clients, I had full ownership for the entire company that I was working for, um, which comes with a lot of pressure um, and, and challenges. Uh, but also that I, I saw it as an amazing opportunity to further develop my, my skills and myself and the journey is ongoing, hasn't, hasn't ended yet. <laughs> Will it ever end? <laughs> Probably no. <laughs> I, I really love what you said before, and I just want to point it out for, for the audience because I think it's quite a valuable perspective and attitude and point. You said like feeling comfortable of learning new things. So really trusting yourself that it's not, you know, school is not over, like life is school. So you can learn uh, anything from a new profession to a new soft skill to anything. Basically, our brains are continuously developing, evolving. And I, I found it super, super cool because, um, yeah, especially if we want to change careers, if we want to change our life, like you are a human being, you are not set in stone. You can change, you can learn, you can grow. And part of learning is failure and challenge. So otherwise you can't grow. Yeah. Um, Pooja, what is your vision for the future for the next couple of years? Are you planning to become a professional drummer or like what's, wh what's, what's in there? Would love to hear a bit more. Yeah, so I'm not really a five years plan kind of person. Um, I really couldn't tell you where I see myself in five years. But in terms of vision, um, if I really think about what would make me happy, or what would fulfill me, I think is um, knowing that I can help others succeed and knowing I can support others um, with whatever their needs are. This can be in a business context. So it can be uh, by growing the venture further because we help other entrepreneurs succeed. So in, in that way, uh, in that regard, I would want the entire company to grow and be part of that. And personally, I, for example, I'm a mentor for Female Factor and for, for two other organizations. There I also feel like I can help others um, with some knowledge that I have gained and some of the experience that I've had 
and that that actually makes me really happy to see that there is something I can also kind of you know return and it's not a one-way street I also gain a lot from that um, so to yeah constantly develop and and grow in, in every way I would say I would ask me again in a couple of years, I might have a completely different attitude. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we can explore that. But I, I, I love this navigation. Like it doesn't have to be like for some, it's totally cool to have a concrete, as you said, five-year picture or very tangible thing. But um, for some, it's beautifully fine to have like a kind of a compass and you seem to have one. Okay, if you already know what makes you fulfilled and happy, that's the thing. So however it will show up for you in future, uh, I will be, uh, I will stay tuned. Uh, that's that's for sure. Um, Pooja, I would love to ask you our beautiful final question. Um, now looking forward into the future, uh, we'll take a bit of a different turn to increase the drama, let's put it like this, to subtract nice. the, the most of your essence, if you will. So if you would imagine, if you would have imagined that you would know that you have one more week to live and there is nothing to do about it if you went through the whole cycle of um, rage and then not accepting and then griefing and then accepting and you're into your inner Zen peace, Buddha, um, what would be a um, message that you would love to share with your brothers and sisters or humanity? What is that we love to, to gift other people? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, that's a heavy question. <laughs> um, so first of all, I would say just breathe more and, you know, like do some active breathing every now and then. Uh, I really, you know, before starting this episode, we had a moment where we did some breathing exercises. It's really a game changer. I think if you can remember that in moments when you're really anxious or nervous and you just know how to calm yourself down, that can really, um, you know, do a lot for you. And also, I think my, my message to my friends and family, brothers and sisters, would be to be compassionate to yourself and to others, to really find that compassion that you all have and use it and um, believe that it's useful and, and believe that it's going to make a difference in the way you see the world and the world sees you. Oh, thank you for sharing and I'll take this uh, beautiful final words as invitation for us too and for everyone who is tuning in. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> ah, that's true. A breath is life and it's power and it is such a beautiful gift to calm down, to just center into the presence and I love that. Um, Pooja, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed uh, listening to you also, to your, specifically to your challenge, like navigation for career challenges in life. It's super interesting. And I hope the ones who are listening, you can take out of you, for you, anything that you feel serves you and know that you can manage anything and that depends on your attitudes very, very much. And that growth is something wonderful. Um, really happy to have you here. Thank you for, for showing up and for sharing your heart and wisdom and knowledge and challenges so openly. Deeply, deeply appreciate. And as I mentioned before, I'm curious to see where your journey goes. I'm sure it's not our last interaction, at least in Vienna. Um, and yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Great talking to you. 
Thank you, thank you. So everyone else, check out um, as a final invitation this beautiful power lady. You find all her links in the description below. And also, if you ever want to uh, dive into growth hacking, I can completely recommend the uh, master classes and workshops Puja is hosting. So yeah, check check it out. And what else more to say? Then have a beautiful day, and we talk soon. <laughs>